0: The lesson of modern education is Woke kids step, wise kids step, college kids step. I'm, I'm woke. Read, read, read more, learn more, change the globe. You must learn. You must stay old. This is Woke Wise College Kids. Welcome to Woke Wise College Kids. I'm your host, Dr. Aaron, founder of B Preppy College Coaching. College algebra is a notorious course that the majority of students can't escape. Since it is a general education course and a prerequisite for others, college algebra can make or break college success. I know so many friends, families, and coaches who went round and round with this course. Few passed the first time, some passed the second time. Unfortunately, this evil course delivered a TKO to others. They couldn't finish their degree either because their GPA was low Repeated course failures impacted their staff for financial aid, or they were limited in the courses they can take until they pass college algebra. This makes me extremely sad, but fuels the passion that I have for helping students. For some reason, math has become linked to our confidence and intelligence to the point that students are defeated before they ever schedule the course. The attitude towards math leads to anxiety. Anxiety leads to lack of motivation. Lack of motivation erases any hope. When students have no hope, they don't attend class, ask for help, or put in the right amount of effort or strategy into their homework. Nod your head if this is you or someone you know. Many don't realize that you don't have to love math to pass it. You just have to understand that getting solid grades in math takes hours of practice. Not even that student who's considered a math whiz can get away with putting in the proper work. Don't take my word for it. Ask Eric Johnson, our guest for this episode he would definitely be labeled as a math whiz. Eric is a graduate of University of California, Riverside with a bachelor's in science and mathematics. His passion for helping others succeed in math pushed him to start his own math tutoring company, Johnson's Math Tutoring, after he graduated. He provides online support for students in all types of math classes. In this episode, we chat about both of our experiences as a tutor and academic coach for students in math courses. You'll hear tips for getting through college algebra, as well as tips for being a minority STEM major. After the episode, visit BePreppy.com to get our tips for success in college math. If you want academic coaching to improve your grades in math and more, register for a coaching session at coaching. Your first session is free. Tweet us your experience in college math at bpreppy LLC. And lastly, don't forget to purchase my first book that led to this podcast. Go wiser secrets to college success on Amazon. Happy listening, folks. Hi Eric, welcome to Bookwise College Kids. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. How about yourself?
0: I'm doing well. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm so excited to have you on the show. We have like minds. I'm always interested and love to engage with African American graduates in STEM because we are in a, we are a rare commodity anywhere we go. So I wanted to um, bring you on the show to discuss STEM. And then another thing that we share in common is our love for tutoring and empowering students to get through challenging courses. And math is one of those top courses that most people struggle with, whether it's in high school preparing for the ACT or college, college algebra or calculus if you're a STEM major or business major. So I wanted to talk about that and really just delve into some topics that will help students in general with math anxiety. And then if we have any STEM majors listening, help them to understand their path and and how give them some strategies, how to help them
1: become successful. Yep, That sounds good. Uh, Let's get to it.
0: Okay, so before we go into our main discussion, I want to ask you some very fun questions that we normally ask our guests. So, I'm going to switch it up. What is your what was your favorite college snack?
1: My favorite college snack? Mm-hmm. Um it would probably just have to be uh, sunflower seeds and some some Slim Jims probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing special.
0: And where did you go to college?
1: I went to college at a UCR, also known as the University of California Riverside. Um, for those that don't know where Riverside is at, it's like fifty-five uh, miles east of LA, so not too far of LA in the Inland Empire.
0: Okay. And what was your favorite college memory?
1: Um, my favorite college memory would probably uh, have to be just meeting. Um, different type of people from all uh, walks of life. So uh, you really just get to experience everybody's culture, um, where they come from and then their story. And that just kind of helps change you as a person because uh, you only have a limited view of the world, but then once you uh, understand somebody else's perspective that may be different from yours, uh, it kind of opens you up and then it makes you realize uh, how small your worldview is, and just how different uh, two worlds may be. And just learning somebody's experiences and the way that they live, um, that was so, it was just so interesting to me, because I feel like it helped me uh, develop more as a person and understand the world better.
0: Cool. So when you're mentoring or tutoring students, what is your biggest college regret?
1: Um, I would probably have to say my biggest college regret was not asking for enough help, and that's probably why, um, one of the reasons why I started tutoring people is because um, you have to feel comfortable asking for help uh, if you need help, because if you don't, nobody will know and nobody will help you out, um, so that's something that I had to learn throughout college. So I wish I would have done that earlier because I started doing it later and it really helped out because you have people who know uh who know the subject way better than you and having somebody to guide you through problems really just cuts down that learning uh that learning curve for you. So asking for help was probably my biggest regret or not asking for enough help was probably my biggest regret in college with certain subjects.
0: Do you think that was because of just an ind- your individual? Like I have this, I'm usually the smartest person. I, I'm not gonna let this defeat me. Um, or was it that you didn't have, you didn't feel comfortable asking for help? Whether it was the the racial makeup of tutors, your it just sometimes you can just feel. I know for me, I felt um, not confident in going to ask for help because I was the one always. Helping others. So how would that look for me? Which one did you did you have? Which one was kind of like the reason that you felt like you didn't ask for ask for help?
1: Um, well, I feel like it's a, a mixture of both actually. So um the first part that you said was that um you I usually understand the material and I was able to grasp on. Um, when I was in high school, if I didn't really understand the material, what I would do is I would just kind of learn it by myself. And I would just be like, okay, I can figure this out. Uh, I don't need the teacher's help. Uh, In college, when I tried to do that, uh, it wouldn't always work. So it was part part arrogance on my end and part of my ego just getting in the way. And then the second part that you mentioned too was, yeah, I kind of didn't feel comfortable going up to teachers and professors and tutors that didn't look like me and asking them for help because I just felt like there's a disconnect between us. Um, But when I actually did reach out and felt comfortable asking for help, uh, they were very helpful and they understood my pain points and they helped me out a lot.
0: So. That's a good segue into my first question. So you are uh, the founder, CEO of Johnson's Tutoring, and that's where I found you on Instagram. You were marketing your company. I thought that was so great. So tell us about your company, why it's different, why did you create it, and um, kind of what are some of the things that you've seen over the years that kind of help you fuel that passion for starting a tutoring company?
1: Okay, so when I was in high school, I was a part of our AVID program. Uh, AVID basically helps students get into college. Um, And a part of AVID, what we had to do to fulfill our community service requirements was to go in and tutor younger students. So I would go into Algebra one classes and tutor the uh, freshmen and sophomores of my high school and pretty much help them out with their pain points in Algebra. So what I noticed is that with these curriculums in high school, it's kind of like a one-size-fits-all way of teaching and learning. And what that does is, okay, the students who understand at the pace that the teachers are teaching get it. But there's a lot of students who fall behind and they aren't able to keep up. So how math works is uh, one, the last subject is built off of the next subject. So if you don't understand the subject before, the current subject that you're on, um, you're going to get lost. And then eventually, that's why I believe people develop this hatred or this disdain for math is because at some point there's a disconnect where they didn't understand what was going on in their math class. But their teacher or somebody else wasn't able to help them out and to bring them up to speed. So then they just fall behind. And then that compounds. So then eventually they uh, become the person who hates math. And I feel like that happens to a lot of students out there. So, one of the reasons why I created this tutoring company was uh, I realized that everybody learns at their own pace. So, how do students, how are students able to learn better at their own pace? Through one on one tutoring. So, if I'm able to sit down with a student and they have all these questions, um, I don't feel obligated to hurry up and rush them because I have a curriculum that I need to finish before, uh, before a certain period of time or else I'll be in trouble for my job. Uh, it's my job to personally help that student grow as an individual and learn the subject that they're on. So I believe it slows down um, the pace at which, which the students want to go at if they want to go slower or it speeds it up for them. And then they are, they're also able to better understand the material because um, they have somebody who's mastered the subject and they can speak directly to and all their questions will be answered. Um, and then another thing was, well, it's just kind of like um, going off that point was that a lot of people when I was growing up, a lot of people uh, I was surrounded by hated math. And everybody always said, like, yeah, you know, I hate math. I suck at it. I can't do it. So one of the reasons why I created this was, imagine if these people would have had somebody to help teach them math, or somebody who looks like them teach them math, or somebody who looks like them they know has become successful in a STEM field. I think uh, representation is pretty big on that. So if I knew somebody made it um, when I was a little kid in something that we really don't see people like us making it in, then... That would inspire Mm -hmm. me to believe that I can make it. So I'm pretty big on, on representation. So those are just a couple of reasons why I wanted to start online tutoring, online one-on-one tutoring.
0: I think that's definitely important. Representation I think in STEM is important and just how you can relate. I just remember me being a tutor in undergrad and I had to tutor a lot of student athletes and, I didn't know at the time what I was doing until I actually studied, you know, uh, human development, cognitive psychology, things like that to understand why uh, analogies and examples and illustrations are so important. But when I tutored, I used, we were peer, I was a peer tutor. So I was, you know, near their age. I understand their culture. But I was also able to use examples that they could build on from their life so not necessarily that it's because we're both black that we could relate but it's a it's a connection that you can have and say okay well if i get to know my student and i have a background i can connect with them through using things that they that's in their life and they can feel more they can feel better talking to me or relating to me i think it's just that simple that if you could relate to the person on the other side of the table, you can help them draw from their own experiences and you can help them make their life experiences valuable. Like, oh, okay, well, I didn't know, you know, me doing X, Y, and Z could help me learn math. All of that time wasn't wasted or, or you know, just because my life is different doesn't mean I can't grasp any of the other examples. Um, so I definitely think representation is important. Um, What made you do online versus in-person?
1: Okay, so I started off actually doing in-person tutoring, and I was posting ads on Craigslist. And what I would do is I would travel uh, to people and help them out in person. Um, But I always wanted to do online. And the reason is because I can reach so many more people with the internet. when I tutor in person, I'm limited to a certain geographical area uh, and I can only travel out that far. With the internet, I can reach somebody who's way across the world who may need help. So I can just reach so many more people online and that will help my business grow faster. So that's okay. one of the reasons why I do so online So
0: Let's get into more of probably what you help students with, uh, math anxiety. Do you think it's a real thing?
1: Um, (laughs) yes, I do think it's a real thing. (laughs) That's, that's funny. Math anxiety. I do think it's a real thing because I feel like a lot of students don't understand what, where these equations and where these problems are coming from. And I feel like that's also a disconnect because if you just tell somebody, okay, this is how you solve a quadratic equation. Well, first off, Uh, what is a quadratic equation? Uh, How does it relate to the real world? What's the practical application of this? Now, if we went in and I told the students, okay, a a quadratic equation models the behavior of an object uh, moving in space with gravity and it moves in a parabolic motion. So for example, if somebody's shooting a basketball, it's a quadratic equation. I think that would help students out more but I think we just go in and we jump into these subjects and the students don't actually understand where these subjects come from and how they relate to the real world. Um, and I really think that a lot of math has a lot of application to the real world, but we, we're we not so heavy on that. We're more so, okay, solve this, uh, do this, instead of giving these students or making these students understand what was the fundamental reason for the subject of math.
0: Do you see a lot of students who already give up on math before they start? Like, oh my gosh, I, gotta, I, I, I failed this course. I, I've pushed off taking my college algebra yet another year, or I pushed off this calc for another year because I just can't do it. I've hated math. I've always hated math. Do you see a lot of that negative energy towards math start before they even hit a course
1: yes I do and I think it's because yeah they'll fail a course once and then they believe they just suck at math or they're not good at math or maybe when they were younger uh, they failed courses or they didn't understand the material so then when they get to college maybe they wanted to be an engineer or maybe they wanted to be a mathematician or maybe they wanted to be uh, a chemist. But the fact that they didn't understand math when they were younger and they don't believe that they can learn it leads them to not want to study these subjects or fields, even though it's something they, they really may want to do um, deep down inside.
0: side. Th- I think that uh, I've seen that a lot, like uh, one course, whether it's the college algebra course or they might have stumbled their way through college algebra and now they have calculus calculus courses, or even if they're not a STEM major, just college algebra in general, and then you hit maybe a business calculus or a stats, um, they they just tense up. It's just like they've already had this wall up. And so um, I know with coaching students, I have to break that wall down and say, okay, well, first, we're, we're never going to say that ever again, that you're not good at something or you can't do it. Let's change the way we talk about math and say, okay, it's complex. I even tell this to faculty when when they are talking about math, say, you know, some faculty may come in class, this is a hard class and and you need to do X, Y, and Z in order to pass. So when you hear hard, you think of impossible. So I used to tell students and mm-hmm. faculty alike when use complex. So when you hear complex, you say, okay, it's not as simple. I need to exert more effort or energy towards it. When you hear hard, you say, "Okay, I can't do this at all. So therefore, you don't even exert anything. You just kind of give it a little go. And if it doesn't go, if it doesn't happen on the first test or first assignment, you're done. Um, So I usually have to attack negative talk about math right at the beginning before I can even tutor them because everything I'm giving them, if they're already say, thinking it doesn't work or it's only, you know, only smart people get this or you are the only person who who likes this and love it, then it, it'll never <laughs> do it. So I'm always yeah. um, challenged to make a person love something, not not love it to where I'm going to become a mathematician and, you know, figure out a whole bunch of You know, complex theories, but love it enough to get through a course, make a great grade, and look back at it and say, This course was challenging, but I use strategy to get through it. I know I can do anything I set my mind to now. And math and science are always those courses that always people say, Okay, in writing, I can't write, I can't do math, and I hate science. And those, I'm like cringing every time people say that.
1: Yeah. And just to build off of what you're saying is it's it's pretty much a self-fulfilling prophecy. So uh, that goes with anything in life. If you you don't believe you can do something, then what you're going to do is the actions that you make are going to fulfill that prophecy. So if I'm like, oh, I suck at math, I can't pass this class. What I'm subconsciously going to do is I'm going to take all the actions that Mm -hmm. ensure that I don't pass this math class. So it's all about uh, self-talk and believing that you can accomplish this. Um, things may be hard and difficult, but you never want to count yourself out because once you do, uh, you're pretty much going to fulfill that uh, that desire or that belief that you can't exactly. uh, pass this class.
0: So if you were talking, so once we're getting past the math anxiety and you kind of broken that wall down, what are four tips... That you can give students. I want to focus on college algebra because I feel like that's the most challenging. So no matter if you're a STEM major, or what you probably have to take a college algebra unless you have a, a curriculum that you are able to do some like um, statistics or math. Um, oh gosh, what else? Course it's called so like math inquiry, um, logical. When, when you're using the, the logical form of math, not really the quantitative form. College algebra is usually a make or break for a lot of students in their first year. What's four tips, whether it's how you handle homework, your time, getting help or anything like that. What's four tips that you can give college students who are in a college algebra or looking to take a college algebra?
1: Okay, so I don't know if I have four tips, but I have some tips. So, uh, the first tip would be to understand the practical application of uh, these subjects that you're learning. So, um, anytime you go over a topic in math, what they do is they'll have real-world examples. And I think once you understand those type of uh, practical examples, it would help you solve these kind of more of theoretical ways or ways where you're just using variables and stuff like that. So if you understand that, then I think it would help you out. Another thing I would say is use YouTube, because (laughs) YouTube has got me through so many college classes. (laughs) Like, um, my professors have had me lost so many times. And then I just hop on YouTube, hop on uh, Khan Academy real quick. And I'm like, wow, um, if I didn't figure this out, if I didn't find this out, then I would have for sure failed this class. So Uh, You have the internet, so use it as a resource. Um, Another thing I would say is you got to understand the basics. So if you don't understand how to solve an equation, how to balance the equation, then you're not going to understand the more difficult subjects or the difficult topics as um, college algebra progresses. So understand the basics and practice them. Uh, And the last thing I would say is to constantly practice examples, um, even if they're not assigned in your homework. So what you can do is you can go to your textbook and look up examples and practice them because at the end of the day, uh, practice is really what's gonna drill uh, the knowledge into your head and what's gonna help you understand um, how to master the subject.
0: I'm so glad that you brought that part up. Uh, A lot of students that I, I coach, Uh, one of the questions so I'm always quizzing them so they can hear their answer, so it can make sense to them so something will click and I say okay well how many times when did you start practicing your homework oh we have an exam on Wednesday sorry you just start on Monday well how many questions do you typically have to do oh it's about 50 to 60 or go back and do my homework well how many are you able to get through before your test or how many times are you able to get through it? Oh, you know, I, I do one time until I get the answer and I move on to the next. And so I always have to go and and talk to them about practice and use the analogy for any, any other performance sport, whether it's a, a you, you are a musician or you're an athlete, a dancer Everything requires practice so you can actually perform on the test. Like math isn't, I don't know where the idea that math is a, um oh, I get it kind of thing. Like, oh, I hear it. Okay, now I get it. And I don't know where, they, where that came from, but I know a lot of students have the idea that math is a very simple to get and I don't need practice. So if I don't get it on the first try, that means I can't get it. And there's no use, there's no need to practice anymore. So I'm so glad you, that practicing was a tip because that's definitely uh, one of the top tips that yes. I give my students. Oh, sorry to,
1: sorry to uh, so, cut you off, but just to add on um, to that. Uh, yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying because I think a lot of people think that math is a talent when it's really a skill. So any skill can be developed uh, mm-hmm. through practice, um, through experimentation, through whatever means. So if you want to get better at, at shooting a basketball, you go outside and you shoot a basketball. If you want to get better at playing an instrument, you go practice playing that instrument. So the same thing with math. If you want to get better at math, uh, it's a skill that can be developed. So all you need to do is practice that skill.
0: Definitely, definitely. So along with practice, what? so... Okay, so I'm practicing on my own. I'm a college college student, I'm going to class. I'm doing my homework. I'm struggling through my homework. I'm struggling through the exam. I tell you that I'm practicing, but I know there's a missing piece. And I usually tell students about tutoring and they say, well, no, I never thought about that. Um, what What are some how would you help students get over the idea of tutoring? So a lot of times when I ask students, why they didn't they go? So I used to work at a very large institution Uh where it could be a little bit intimidating, but it's in a place where everybody goes. The tutorial center is in the library. And so either I hear, I didn't know there was tutoring. Um, I could get it on my own. I went there and it looked busy. I had a tutor and she didn't help. So between those four things, either they didn't try it or they didn't didn't know about it, or they tried it and that one time and like they had the worst tutor or tutor that didn't connect with them. So they wrote off tutoring for everything. What are some way what are some things that you would tell students to help them with the idea of tutoring, especially in college?
1: Um, so what I would suggest is that um, tutoring is there. The tutors are there to help the students. So uh, you should never be afraid to ask for help because that's what tutors are there for, are to help you. Uh, another thing I would say is that, okay, maybe you got tutored by one person and they they sucked at tutoring or they didn't fit your preferences of tutoring. But that doesn't mean that um, tutoring is not going to help you out because Uh, some teachers suck at teaching a subject or they just teach a way in which you don't learn, but then you may have another teacher who teaches the same subject, but then you actually understand it because they have a better method of teaching for your personal preference. Um, But with tutoring, um, I would say that I think a lot of people are, have this idea that if I don't, or if I go ask for help, then that may make me look weak as a person or it may show that my flaws as a person or whatever the case is. But what I would say to that is that um, everybody has flaws and you shouldn't be afraid to ask for help when you need help. Because at the end of the day, uh, you have to live with your mistakes and you have to live with your regrets. So do you want to take that chance of just saying, Oh, okay. I was too afraid to ask for help because Um, I just made up an excuse that I didn't want to get help. But then you could look back on that 10 years later and really be like, I should have asked for help because I really wish I would have been in this career field if I would have understood math. So it's all about being willing to put yourself out there and being vulnerable.
0: Exactly. And I know a lot of people that that have put their degree on pause because they couldn't get over that hump of math. Mm
1: -hmm. If they
0: would have just at least tried tutoring one time instead of just toiling in their homework by themselves and don't have the extra support system. I truly believe that their outcomes would have been totally different, which means they now have a degree. They now have access to more job opportunities, they would have finished, it would have gone on with their lives just by simply saying, hey, okay, this isn't my best subject. It's not my strongest subject. But if I could get some help and get to a place where I could get support, then my situation would turn out so much differently.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Um, Tutoring just cuts down that learning curve that every subject has, I believe it just cuts it down because the tutor has already mastered the subject, and then they can basically. It's kind of like the student is like stealing the tutor's brain power mm-hmm. or borrowing the tutor's brain power, and then they pretty much absorb what they, the knowledge that they know that may have took them years to learn, but then they cut down the learning process into maybe a couple months or maybe a couple weeks or whatever the case is. So it's just kind of piggybacking off of them and using them for help um as they're designed for.
0: And it cuts down time and frustration. There's always that one problem that causes you to just give up everything. And then you realize, like, oh, well, you're using a wrong equation, or oh, you uh you missed this step or are you made simple mistakes and then you're thinking that something's wrong with you when it's just something fixable that's probably everybody's made this mistake before.
1: Yeah, and it's like, it's like where you're taking a test and you're stuck on that one problem and you're just looking at it like, hopefully something changes about this problem because I'm totally lost and I don't know where to start. And then once the teacher goes over the problem after, you're like, wow, it was really that simple. Like, <laughs> I yeah. thought it was, I was making a big error, but it was really something that was super simple. Well,
0: let's switch gears from math tutoring to majoring in math and talking about STEM. Describe your experience as a minority male in STEM and talk about your ta- challenges and maybe some advice that you would give STEM, minority STEM students that are still trying to complete their degree.
1: Um, so yeah, being a STEM major, uh, a minority STEM major was pretty challenging because I didn't know too many people who were STEM majors before that went into career fields or got degrees in STEM. So uh, as we talked about earlier, that representation factor wasn't really there. So it's kind of like you're trying to set a new standard. And at the same time, you're kind of lost because you're trying to figure out, okay, is this really possible or not? Um, And then when you look around your classes... All you see is um, you don't see African-Americans or you'll see some Africans in uh, these college classes, but most of the time when you look around, what you'll see is you'll see Asians, you'll see white people, you'll see Indians, you'll see all these different type of people, uh, but nobody is really black. So then that kind of makes you uncomfortable because you kind of feel like you don't belong in a sense. You feel like this isn't for you. Um, and then uh, your professors also don't look like you. So then when people don't look like you, you're kind of afraid to ask for help, to ask questions, because uh, you don't want to feel like the odd man out or you just feel pretty uncomfortable. So it was definitely uh, challenging at first. I actually started off as a mechanical engineering major. And then my third year, I kind of decided it wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. I was doing I was, yeah, I was doing pretty bad, and I took my upper division classes, and I realized, like, uh, this, isn't the, this isn't what I want to do after I graduate. So then I ended up switching over to math, and I was so happy I made that change because I, was, I became way more engaged in my class subjects once I made that change, and I got way better grades because I felt like I actually had a desire to learn the material And to actually participate in class because I figured out something that I actually like to do, which is study math and apply math to uh, different scenarios. Interesting.
0: What were some besides the um, switching and finding your path in in between engineering and math and um, getting acclimated to the difference in culture? of your particular department and courses, what were some other challenges you felt that you had as a STEM major?
1: Um, let's see. Um, I had challenges just kind of talking to um, advisors on, okay, when am I going to graduate? What courses do I need to take? Um, am I on the path for graduation in this certain period of time? Um, just things like that. And then also um, other challenges I had was, okay, how, how do I uh, balance my time? How do I manage my time? Do I want to spend time more time working so I have enough income to support myself? Or do I kind of want to ease off working and focus more on my courses and what's going on? So I can have better grades. So it was a balance act between finding where I want to dedicate my time towards. And then um yeah, I think those those were some other challenges I had.
0: What advice would you give students who are STEM majors now? That maybe the advice that you wish you could uh, have gotten once you, when you're in school?
1: Um I received you know what? I received so much great advice but I didn't uh <laughs> I didn't take it or apply it, or apply it. So, okay, that's one piece of advice I would say is to actually apply the advice that you're giving. It's great <laughs> advice. Because <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because when you look when you look back or you talk to somebody younger than you, you're going to want to give them some advice and you're like, oh, I hope they follow this advice because I wish I would have done that." Um but what I would say to do is to experiment, um, experiment with what you want to do. You're, you're young, so uh, the world is basically your canvas and you got to find your place in the world. So um, what I feel like society does is they want to uh, lead you into this particular path in life. But the particular path that society is trying to force upon you may not be the path that you want to go in. So how do you figure out your path? Uh, I'm not 100% sure because I'm still trying to figure out mine. but I would say um, you really need to experiment with what you want to do because you have to find something that really interests you and that's something that you can uh, master a skill at because eventually you want to go into your vocation or your job or your career field, and you want to find something that you really want to do. You don't want to find something, oh, just because it makes you the most money Or just because your parents or society said this is uh, how you should live your life or what you should do, Um, that's up to you. And at the end of at the end of the day, only you know what you truly want to do, or only you can find out what you truly want to do. So I would just suggest to be open to a lot of experiences uh, and to always be experimenting. Uh, Another thing I would say is. To be an open book was kind of based off of the last one, but to learn a lot. So um, typically what we do in college is you have a major and then you focus on that major. So that major is tailored to one specific realm of knowledge. But what I would say is, although you may be an engineer or you may may be a mathematician, uh, Mm -hmm. learn psychology, learn how to market stuff, learn business. Uh, learn how to interact with people because you want to be real well-rounded in my opinion because uh as a math major you know we constantly are even as stem majors we constantly get the stigma that mm-hmm. we don't know how to talk to people we're kind of closed off all we do is understand equations it's kind of like we're a robot but um, <laughs> but at the end of the day it's like uh you want to be a real, well-rounded person because i still want to know how to talk to people I still want to learn, know how business works. So that's one of the things I did was even though I was a math major, I still kind of understood or I want to learn about businesses and I want to learn about psychology and all these other subjects just because I think it makes you a well-rounded now, That person. is
0: great advice. So we are nearing the end of the podcast and I want to make sure students know how to reach you because you can definitely be that make or break um thing to help them with their their math courses um so tell students how what uh, the name of your company how they can reach you and what what kind of services you offer
1: okay so the name of my company is Johnson's Math Tutoring uh, you can follow us on Instagram. The Instagram name is at Johnson's Math Tutoring. Uh, what I do is I post free lessons on there and I just post everything, all different things related to math. Uh, my personal Instagram account is EJ from State Farm. Uh, then you can send an email as well at Johnson's math tutoring at gmail.com. And... Yeah, if you want to reach out to me on any of those platforms, feel free to. Okay.
0: And you offer online tutoring services and courses, correct?
1: Yeah. So what I do is I tutor uh, mostly all math subjects, so middle school through college. Uh, I also tutor, well, I have chemistry. I'm going to put physics up on my website as well. And then I also do ACT prep, uh, SAT prep for the math. (laughs) (laughs) Not the other portions, because we probably
0: need to band together Um, because I I don't I don't like to do math. I can do math, but I don't like to. And I love to do reading and English, ACT prep and other like qualitative courses.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we definitely do. Um, And then what I also offer as well is I have some webinars and I have two webinars right now. So what they are, they're like courses and they're based off of subjects in math. So uh, one is solving quadratic equations, one is solving linear equations. So what it does is it's a video, and I walk you through what a quadratic equation is, um, some real-world applications, how to solve them, uh, the three different methods to solving them, etc. And what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna eventually add more courses, so like maybe a SAT prep course, ACT prep course, and things like that to my website. Um, and then you can pretty much learn my story on my website. Um, and then I also have subscription based tutoring as well. So there's a one-time tutoring session, or you can subscribe and get weekly tutoring. So those are all the services. That, that sounds I
0: offer. Uh, pretty good. I wish I would have had this when I was struggling in my calc classes and physics. When you said you're putting physics up, I cringe because physics was not my uh favorite subject. I need more um real world. I don't know what it was about physics. I just couldn't couldn't take it. But I had to do two of them. We got through it. Um but yeah I I, I think this is a great resource and I hope our listeners take advantage of it. Um well thank you so much for joining Wokewise College Kids and um be sure to check out our episode information for all for how to reach Johnson Suterings, sign up for tutorial services and find him and uh, follow him on Instagram. And that will be, that's all for us as always stay wise, stay woke. Thank you. This podcast is sponsored by BePreppy.com, a college coaching company. Head over to BePreppy.com for free college success resources and to learn how you can secure a personal college coach. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on all social media channels at LLC.